Hear us herein, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. We're back. Yeah. After a week off. Had a week off. Yeah. How'd you ever survive? Um, I was sick. Okay, fair enough. I appreciated not having to record. Um... I recorded like the Puton on that Tuesday and I was like starting to feel it. And then it was just all downhill for, mm. for a while. So, uh, did not work on Monday. I was that sick. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I think Sunday was my worst day, but I'm glad that I took Monday off because I was able to like actually rest and recover. Mm. Um, but, uh, while I was sick, I did read basically most of the reading. Um, on that Monday. So, uh, read most of this while sick. Um, do you want to get into it or? Yeah, we can just get into it. Okay. Or I guess I have like one general update for the podcast before we, we fully dive in. Okay. Um, which is that I ordered, uh, Icelandic DVDs of some Viking films and they yes. arrived, uh, this week. Uh, so literally today I was, uh, getting them so I can, you know, you can have a copy as well. Yes. Um, and probably find a way so that listeners can, can watch some of this stuff too. Uh, cause they're basically otherwise impossible to find online. Um, and not that cheap considering the quality of the DVDs, uh, just like the package quality and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's the, the full Viking trilogy, um, which is uh, the English titles, The Raven Flies, Shadow of the Raven, and White Viking. Um, and then also there's a, a film version uh, from a little bit earlier of a saga that we haven't read, but we'll probably will like next season of this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, so my guess is that in between season, we'll do the trilogy. Uh, and one of those is five hours long, but we're going to watch the version that's broken up into four chapters as four different episodes. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the little update of, uh, I got some, some movies for us to watch eventually. Our, uh, our mid season, our season break is filling up. Cause you want to do this trilogy. I want to do the Nibelungen lead. Um, we're gonna be yeah. Busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially cause now that we have to break up that one into four, that's like six, six weeks right there. So, yep. Um, but anyway, we can, we can get into the actual chapters. Um, okay. If you insist, <laughs> do you have other things you want to talk about? How do you feel about Muv Love? Um, I haven't played any yet, but I do have, uh, it on my, my Vita. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I've thought about playing it on there, but, um, Definitely it was in the period where I just added a bunch of stuff to my Vita after I hacked it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I should play that. But right when you like hack a, a system, you're not going to play any of the games. It, <laughs> at least for me, my experience, you do all the work of hacking it and you're like, I'm done like holding this thing. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. I um, I'm I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. I think I'm done. I, I'm like, I have one more route I really want to see the end of. But I don't think I'm going to get all six endings because they're most of them are kind of the same uh, on Unlimited. It's a shame. This is the problem yeah. of uh, your visual novels is sometimes it's either the endings are all very different and it's a lot of content that some people aren't going to see. And uh, you have like high favorites and ones you really don't like. 
or the roots basically 95% the same and the last 5% is different to swap out the girl, which is great if the story is good, which it is, but it is laborious when you're like me who normally wants to see every ending in a video game. Yeah. Um, I've just like accepted not seeing all the content. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that because I yeah. would like to be done. I've been playing Mavla for uh, a while now. Uh, it's it's become like part of what I enjoy about games that have like different routes and things mm. is just like having my own personal version of it um, that like differs from other people's. So mm. um, more on that when we do Chrono Cross, but <laughs> OK, um, yeah, I think that's my my overall. Those are my thoughts on on Mavlov. Uh, also, the redesigns are really bad for the like anime or whatever. Oh yeah, every time I see an image of the anime, I haven't watched the OP yet because the anime is of alternative, which is the sequel. Um, and I'm not there yet. Um, but every time I just see the character designs, I'm just so sad that everything is like toned down and in that like Mufflow is a is a fucking 2003 s anime game where all the girls have hair that could best be described as like a geometric vision of the future and yeah. everyone has a separate one and they just like smoothed all that into like a bland anime paste for the uh, anime yeah and it is a thing of like the muff love style that was definitely just like popular at the time there were yes. a lot of anime girls like this in the way that the new one is also just like this is what like generic anime of the time looks but i just i feel like you're losing like some of the character um in doing that especially just given like from what i know from what Muv love is just having like hyper geometric hair feels fitting um but yeah uh anyway sagas we can get into it so um let's see we we start off uh sort of picking things up they they got back to uh iceland from norway and we had this um sort of issue that happened where uh thrown helped bring over um the killer hop mm -hmm. um and then kind of like left them out to to take the the brunt of the uh earl i think it was the the earl's like um anger at this and mm -hmm. so they come back and they want to get some sort of uh amends for this um and what they receive in in return is just like insults um we get the the recurrence here of um you know beardless or like no beard um i'm trying to remember the exact terminology that they use here but like dung beard and then like beardless uh for for Nyala and his sons oh. um and uh this leads to an attack uh against thrawen and his party um this is where we get the what most people regard as the like uh you know, most badass kill in the saga, which is where uh, Scarpathan is like running, uh, jumps across the river, and on the other side, it's like frozen slick ice, and oh. he slides and like while sliding, uh, does a death blow um, on Thrawn, hitting him in the head with the axe, and just like continues past where people off. can't get him. Yeah, yeah. 
He's like full on anime style, like cutting guys into pieces. It's sick. Yeah. Uh, and it's like uh, there's even the note of is it a shield? I think that someone throws in his path mm-hmm. and he like jumps over it as well as it goes in front of him. Yes. Uh, it's it's definitely the most action set piece in this yes. uh, saga. So um, did it live up to the hype of the, you know, the, oh, the was it was it famous the greatest, greatest mecha action ever made? 1080p 60 FPS. Yeah, um, it was pretty sick. You know what? I'll say it's I think it, I thought it was pretty sick. I was like, damn, went all out. I'd forgotten since it's been two weeks that you told me about that. Yeah. So when I just read it, I was like, shit, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah, especially like with what sagas usually have, which is yeah. like, and then he struck him on the leg and he died. Um, um, yeah, I will it, say saga's got to up their insult game. This like imputing my honor by calling me like no beard, just not fucking cutting it. Yeah. Um, don't worry. Next season we will, we will read uh, the poetic Ada. Uh-huh. Um, and then I can explain all of the, the like, uh, crude jokes in the the flitting of loki uh where like loki has a a you know insult battle basically with all the other gods um okay. my favorite one is uh i'm i forget which i think it's uh i think it might be heimdall who says that like Oh, like basically saying like you're really effeminate because you wear all of these rings. Um, and then Loki makes this reference to like wearing a red ring uh, that's like specifically talking about fisting someone. Mm. Um, so we'll get fisting I'm just, jokes. I'm eventually. just imagining MCU <laughs> Loki and Heimdall saying this for the record. <laughs> yeah. And it's really I don't know if it's I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just the thing that's in my head, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we get the, we get the badass slaying, um, and then as part of the settlement, um, Nyal offers to foster Thrawn and Son, uh, Hoskolder. Um, so. Too many Hoskolders, gotta say. Yeah. Get a new name. Yeah. (laughs) Um, just when you were like, please stop doing names with Thor at the start of it. Yeah. They just had to do a bunch of whole schoolers. Well, there's there's like, literally a bit later on where another important whole schooler shows up. Yeah, um, it's like are you what? Are you kidding me? Um, and I don't think either of them are the whole schooler like the main one from uh, Lux Dialus Saga. No, no, I don't think so either. I think the other one actually is uh, Nyal's son, but yes. like illegitimate son. Yes. So it's like both like his sons too in this configuration. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um, we then get, uh, we learn about, uh, Flossy and his kin. Um, basically these are like the last, I think of the main players. I don't think there's too many more like big major characters who are getting introduced into the saga. Oh, you mean the next page um, where they talk about Hall of Sita and his kin? Well, yeah, that's what I like this section. Yeah. <laughs> These two chapters, we kind of get all the last, like, important people for the rest of the saga. Yes. I'm sure there'll still be more random people who get introduced, but these are, like, you know, the gang's here. We we got everything set for uh, the rest of the saga, so. um, But, uh, yeah, so Flossie, uh he has this niece, uh, Hildegunner. Um he is also the father-in-law of uh, Hotler Asitha, um, who you brought up. 
Um, and Nyala goes and arranges a marriage between his foster son, Hoskolder, um, and Hilda Gunnar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, you promised me. Well, so one, um, she does this insult that I think that like the, the, the version we're reading, I don't think they translated super well or they kind of did, but, um, it's like very weirdly worded how they wrote it. I looked up the original and the, the Icelandic version I have has like the original text and that has some parts where it's like, here's a more modern Icelandic way of saying this. Um, and so I think it's more like, uh, I'm not sure what to do, uh, because basically like, I, I don't think much would come from me, like being in the company of men of such importance, um, being like, you know, below my station basically. Um, but like this word of like seeing on the one hand, man, men of such importance is just a weird way to phrase it. Um, but I think it's because the original Icelandic has like weird clauses sometimes, um, but anyway, uh, she says, didn't you basically promise me to only marry me to a man who has the office of Gothi? Um, the, the thing that they translate here as a uh, position of leadership among men, uh, is basically like, uh, I looked up the, the original, um, and it was like having like custody over men, um, is a more literal translation, but wait, in like, um, as in like owning slaves or, um, I, I think it's in this like furry, uh, in this fuzzy range of, she is talking about a, a Gothorth when she says that, but oh. like basically like the, when you were a Gothi, you would then have men who would like choose to, uh, ally themselves to you and then in doing so like basically forfeit certain amounts of rights to you as like a Mm. chieftain essentially um and so like you kind of controlled like all of the land in that region and then people would own specific land but like um you kind of have a certain like amount of ownership over that so um yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because the 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 word that she uses is not what you normally see in sagas, which is just saying Gorthoth, like having the this power, uh, but specifically talking about like being above other men um, and having control over them. Um, okay. Uh, but she does also specifically say he should have the title of Gothi. Um, and uh, you know, because of this, um. Yeah, I was like, well, I think I have a solution. And so he starts giving bad advice to everybody who comes to him um, so that they will go and the cases just won't get resolved. Um, it's not like people are losing cases and then someone else wins. It's just like no actual resolution is happening when they go to the all thing. Yes. Um, and so there are just a bunch of people going and that are like losing faith in uh the all thing as a thing that can resolve disputes at all um and then he you know the the next all thing or i think the the first time it happens is at a quarter court um not at like the all thing so it'd be like a specific like uh, a fourth of the country um but i think it's when the next all thing comes around that he he then proposes he persuade uh, persuades the the law speaker uh Skafti Thurdson, um, that they should make like essentially an appeals court called the fifth court. Um, and so if you're not happy with the settlement or like you don't reach a favorable se- settlement, um, things aren't fully like 
decided in one of the quarter courts, you go to this fifth court. Um, and the fifth court will then resolve the disputes. Uh, there's, it has like the same number of, uh, Gothi as the other ones, but then there's also these like various rules around like, um, there are people who get removed from the, the like judges basically, um, for individual cases and like the defense and the prosecution are both able to do this. Um, and so he like creates this whole other court and then they're like, this seems like a great idea, but we only have this many Gothorth. How would we fill these ones? And he just goes, well, let's just make some new ones. Uh, and we can just hand them out to like the most, uh, you know, honorable men who, who we think most deserve it in each of the, the quarters. Uh, and just make sure to reserve one for my foster son, a scolder. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> um, and so they do this, and he becomes a Gothi. Uh, and because of this, Hilda Gunnar, she can't say no because she was like, I would, I would do it if you were a Gothi, but you aren't. So this is maybe the single <laughs> worst thing anyone has done since we started reading the sagas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Neil, Neil is supposed to be like the legal genius who's like has four. Here's the thing. Does Neil know that this is going to go badly and does it anyway? Because he doesn't he just is like in. If so, is it because he feels enslaved to his visions of the future or is it because he just fucking wants to get the thing that he wants or does he not see this? I guess is the third option. Yeah. Um. So there's like a, a couple weird things, just like when I think about this section. Um, so the stuff that it like the way that this is set up, uh, the way that they come to this agreement, uh, Nyal is like entirely fictitious within at least this, uh, the actual like historical fifth court being set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like very notably, and I, I wanted to make sure when we read these chapters that we also read the stuff about the conversion of Iceland. Mm-hmm. Conversion of Iceland happens around, uh, 1000. Uh, like it's actually the year 1000 is usually what people say. There's like some vague speculation where maybe it was like 999 or whatever. Uh, oh. but that's like when the whole conversion of Iceland that we're going to get to, uh, where they all, at an all thing, a guy decides that the nation's going to convert. Oh, they like basically reach this giant settlement as a nation. So that happens in 1000. Uh, historical records say in like 1015 is when the fifth, uh, court gets set up. So this saga is like specifically doing it even out of historical order. Um, and it is like introducing this whole other thing with Nyal that doesn't exist in any other historical record. Um, and so when I'm reading this, it's like, I feel like something intentional is being happen, uh, being done by the saga writer by having this guy who was previously a part of, you know, we've been talking about the, the cycle of violence and how he's helping to, um, smooth over in a legal sense, but not in a, uh, like actually addressing the the core reasons why there's all this fighting happening. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he's getting like the settlements, but he's not like actually addressing the the cycle of violence that's happening. Um spe- uh, specifically like attributing to him then this other like 
thing that gets added historically to the legal system to try to fix it, to like try to fix the fact that people weren't coming to proper settlements. Uh, mm. So we're going to make like basically a court of appeals. Yes. Um, I think that like of all the stuff in the saga, to me, this is supposed to read as the most damning to like, yes, the heroes of the saga are actually who we are like critiquing by, by making this whole thing that was like, probably far more political uh and far more like actually trying to reach some sort of um you know way to improve like the current system by attributing it all to a man being like uh nepotism like i just want to get my foster son a cool position <laughs> it's weird because it's his foster um, son so like everyone buys in because it's seen as like an honorable move to a former foe right like it's not like his kids yeah um there's just this particular energy the thing that it reminds me of is the way that like you know, I, I did this having done that Three Kingdoms podcast, Romance the Two Networks, if you want to listen to that. Um, the way they talk about the eunuchs constantly, like, over, like, just, like, becoming moribund imperial policy feels like what they're doing here with Njal. Njal is, like, yeah. a character who is contemptible because he's unmanly and, uh, like, scheming and operating on false pretenses to, uh, like, undo the noble way things were done. Um he is truly the most contemptible person since, like, uh, the guy who was on the uh, hillside with Sigurd way back when. Yeah. Whose name I cannot remember. Yeah. Um, Rayan. Rayan, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think it is this, like... There, there's a, a specific way that I think the, the saga is also... Uh, like creating parallels between Nyal and then you get like um Scum Kettle being the like most ridiculous out there version. Uh but then like Merther also being like in a similar position of somebody who's like giving advice to people. Yeah. Um and helping them like win cases. And there's lots of ways that the saga is building Nyal up as like the exemplar, like the good version of this. Um but then there are also all of these various ways that it's like um it it is like challenging that, and some of it is like, yeah, he he and his his uh, sons can't grow a beard, um, but I think there's also a certain amount to which like uh, that becomes far less the issue and more like just the ways that having someone who knows how to play a legal system um, is just like detrimental to what they the project that they are trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the law is not what is going to solve these things necessarily. Um, but also like, I think that the stuff that happened with Gunnar is also, it's not just saying like, Oh, the, the noble way of men was ruined as well. Um, Cause I do think that like, I read the, he stays behind as a foolish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know if the, I think that this novel is probably, believes a little bit more that the cool badass dudes are good. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think it also challenges that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting the way that like the, basically all of the lawyers except for Nyal are uh, explicitly painted as villains. Um, and Nyal just like increasingly becomes like that. So um But we'll see. Um, oh, also, I forget where it happens in here. Uh, we specifically get some mention of uh, <laughs> a burning 
uh, related to Nihal. I yes. don't remember when this comes up, but um, we do get the first thing of like, you know what this book's called. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we then, after all this stuff, we get the stuff with um, Leitinger, who lives at uh, Salmstather, which I forget if this is from uh, Robin Kell Saga or, or not. Uh, if this one's one of the ones from from there, but um, yeah, here we we get uh, I would say like another illustration of uh, legal settlements not actually settling things very mm-hmm. well. Um, so uh, Leitinger is married to the sister of Thrawen. Um, he feels dissatisfied that he wasn't included in the settlement. Uh, and so he decides to take blood revenge um, and, uh, you know, goes, goes about doing it by slaying Holskolder Njal's son, the, the illegitimate son, um, not Holskolder uh, Thrawenson, the foster son who uh, is called what? Um, Holskolder Kvitanus uh, Gothi as well. I think because mm-hmm. he's the the Gothi of Kvidanes. So this is that other Holskolder who gets slain. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, when he slayed um Hrothni, who's the Holskolder's mother, uh, transports the body to Njal, um, and asks uh Skarpathen to take vengeance, um. His he and his brothers go out. I think we get another scene of the weapon ringing. Uh, they love doing that in the saga. Uh, anytime anyone's gonna go out to kill somebody, the the weapon will make a noise as they're leaving. Um, and uh, they go out. They um attack. Um, and they kill uh Leitinger's brothers, but not Leitinger. He he escapes. Um. And then Hoskolder uh, Thrawnson comes to Njal because uh, we got like multiple weird interrelations here. Um, so because he is related to Leitinger because Leitinger is married to Thrawn's sister, he's the one who's then coming and asking for self-judgment. Um, Njal accepts uh, and then Hoskolder uh, pays uh, two... I think it's 200 ounces of silver for the slaying of Hoskolder. Um, and then, um, oh, the, the stuff with, uh, Almondir doesn't happen until after the, the, uh, Christianization stuff. So we mm. get this then section of the Christianization of Iceland. Um, I know you had been asking earlier about, like, <laughs> Uh, wanting to see more about this process. I don't know if yes. you, you felt like you got some good stuff here. <laughs> um, I feel like up and down. I feel like uh, there's like really evocative things. There is like, you know, we've decreed we're now a Christian nation. If you want to do your old gods, then you got to do it privately. And then it lasts like just a little bit before even that's outlawed. And I think that's just really good. I just wish there was more of it. I just would yeah. like more reflection. I just feel like these sagas by this time are just coming from such a place where like religious practice was cultural and not spiritual, seemingly at all in the literature. Um, 
So I just don't get a sense that anyone's really put out about it one way or another. And I'm just like, that's just not yeah. how I believe that's true. I just don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, this part's also interesting because, um, so I, I've, I know around the time that I first read Njal Saga, I also read the book of Icelanders, mm-hmm. um, by Auri the Learned, uh, which I know he's been called out a couple times by saga writers. Um, he did some of the like very first historiography. Um, and the, the stories that, um, Auri the Learned tells in the book of Icelanders about Christianization are very similar. There's a lot of, co- uh, you know, there's not like deviation happening here in the saga. Um, I've also read, I, I haven't actually read, uh, the saga of Christianity, uh, Christi saga. I don't know if it's been translated. Um, but I, I have read things that say that this also accords with what's said in that saga. Um, I think it'd be fun to read that saga if we can find it. Uh, cause I mm-hmm. think it, it goes into more detail. Um, but yeah, I think it's also interesting that like we get this stuff inserted here. Uh, and it's very close to other historical records that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas again, the stuff with the fifth court is, uh, very ahistorical. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get like this weird mixing between, uh, history and stuff that feels far more intentionally fiction. I, um, uh, I do like that, uh, 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 Thangbrenther has a whole bit where he marches into battle holding a crucifix instead of a shield. I'm just imagining a big fuck off trigun giant crucifix yeah. <laughs> yeah um i i also uh while reading it imagined the um snake and eagle shadow there's a, a priest who gets introduced early on and then like towards the end reveals himself to be a- aligned with like the the bad you know martial arts master uh oh, okay. and he he pulls uh like the cross that he's been carrying is a like concealed knife so that like the short uh, part of the, the cross and the, you know, the bars, uh, like pull out of then the, the longer part of the cross. Um, there's a knife and it's, it's always so funny to me when that moment happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, so I'm trying to think of a lot of this is just like new religious order versus like heathens doing magic basically. Yeah. Um, in a way that feels like, I mean, we saw this in the other saga, right? Like, it just feels like so inserted. Like, this is the story we tell when we tell about the Christianization of the land, regardless of what saga it is. Um, And it's strange in that way to me, because it doesn't feel like the rest of the story at all. We've not had people doing magic spells in this book. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm looking through some of the stuff that happens. I think some notable things... um, so one before uh Thangbrander like even really comes from Norway, um, we get the bit that Njal's like, Oh, you know, if people come over here trying to convert people to a new faith, I I will do everything to further it. Um and then uh yeah, we get the actual uh Thangbrander coming. Um I think the big notable thing is the the Berserker. Um I guess we also get some like uh poetry insult battle happening um yeah i think the the berserker thing is the the like big story that i've seen multiple times in different sagas um 
where they they kindle three fires um the heathens hollow one fire uh Thangbrander hollows the other and then the last one remains like unhollowed um and the berserker is not afraid to go through the the um the one hollowed by the heathens but then falls to the uh you know won't enter the the christian one basically um and is too scared and then uh he kills the berserker so um but yeah the other main thing is the the actual like legal decision um which is notable for uh is it Thorgare yeah that's the 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 heathen gothi that they go to um and ask so basically like uh, at the all thing, uh, the Christians and the heathens, uh, basically dissolve like the current one and try and set up two, like competing countries essentially, uh, or like two competing court systems, um, and seem to be like ready to go to blows. Um, and then that's when, uh, the Christians choose a, uh, well-respected heathen Gothi, uh, Thorgare to, like proclaim what the law is going to be. Uh, he goes, uh, and the following day, um, and this one is like one that we actually have suggestions of when it was, um, he goes and proclaims that it's a Christian nation now. Um, and yeah, the, the, the two things that are forbidden at the very beginning are, um, exposing children. Uh, this is a, a practice in like heathen Iceland and other, uh, Norse parts of the world where, um, if a children wasn't, or if a child was thought like, oh, they're not going to grow up to be strong or whatever, they would just like put them out to, to die in the wilderness. Um, so that gets banned and eating horse meat, um, specifically because, uh, it's associated with sacrifices to Odin. Um, and then also there's the whole, like, not eating the meat of, uh, uh, unclothed hooves, um, in the Bible. Um, but yeah, then within a few years, basically all of it's outlawed. Um, then, uh, we do get right after this, we get the event, the, uh, revenge from Almondy, uh, for the death of Leeting. Um, so, uh, this is, uh, notably Amundi was, uh, born blind, um, and he goes and, um, Liedinger won't pay back, uh, basically saying I already pay paid Weregild, it's not my fault that, um, you know, you weren't, like, included in that, which is the same situation that Lee Tinger basically had, but now he's just turned it back. Um, and Amundi's like, uh, if I was blessed with sight, then, you know, I would get revenge, and I'll let God uh, decide, and then God returns his sight just long enough to kill Lee Tinger, and then uh, he goes blind again. Um, yeah, I... Overall, I think a lot of the stuff with the Aside from the, like, slight amount of, um, I guess the way that this gets inserted in all the stuff with Leetingear, uh, kind of suggesting that, like, the Christianization also isn't fixing the problems. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you now just have, like, a new system that people are saying to, to decide, like, oh, I'm in the right to kill people. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think a lot of this Christianization stuff feels, um, probably like it was just historical record that was more widely known 
by people at the time it was written. Um, whereas I think some of this other stuff is pulling from like less well-known history. Um, mm. So, um, uh, I don't know if you have anything else on that stuff, but no. Um, and then we get sort of the start of the next section of this, um, where, uh, so Valgarther the Grey returns. Um, he is the the father of Merther. Um, and uh, he's basically like, I don't know why you are uh, even tolerating like what's happening with the the Nielsen's. Uh, Holskolder is like given this position of Gothi, like, and you just let that happen. Um, how is he like a Gothi and uh, has also taken away uh, men who were previously aligned with, with Merther. Um, and uh, Velgarther is like, you should, here's what you should do. This is how you should like, um, you know, uh, fuck everything up for them. Um, and Merther is like, Oh, that sounds good. I, I, maybe we could do that. Uh, and then he's like, also, Dad, will you convert to the new faith? Uh, and Valgarther is like, no, I won't. And then God immediately smites him dead, basically. <laughs> uh, then a sickness fell upon him, and he died and was placed in a cairn. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> Merther begins executing the plan, which starts with uh, basically, like, trying to be a chum with a bunch of people. So he, he befriends the sons of Njal, um as if everything is like nice and smoothed over. Uh, also, Kauri. We can't forget that Kauri's here I, with the I just Sons feel like constantly spamming the Obi Wan, we're smarter than this image through this entire yeah. section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this man has just like had it out for you since the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and now you're just like, oh, you're good. You've changed. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, they then, uh, he, he convinces them, he like, basically spreads uh rumors directly to them um that whole scolder uh Thrownson, the the you know their foster brother i guess um has been talking shit and they uh basically goads them to to go kill them um or go kill uh Hoskolder. um and so uh i feel like this is one of the like very short descriptions of violence um where it's just like a uh, whole scolder like does the main blow and it, it cripples him uh oh. you know knocks him to his knees and then they all like get in a hit um i forget the the specific thing that he says right before he dies oh may god help me and forgive you that's mm. what whole scolder says um and they tell Nyal and Nyal's like, uh, it would be so much better if two of you died compared to him. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're like, uh, we kind of understand that, Dad, but like harsh. And he's like, no, remember, I see the future. Since he's dead now, we're all fucked. Like, you're going to be dead. I'm going to be dead. You've just screwed all of us o over. Like, we're just all fucked now. Um, and... uh. Then Merther begins to to start out the suit and is intentionally doing things uh, incorrectly so it will be invalidated. Um, he was one of the slayers, and yet he takes over uh, prosecuting. He uh, buddies up 
someone else now uh, and pretends to be at odds with the Njalsons. Um And he goes and names all of the wounds except for this one. I don't know who did this one because it was him. Um, and so I, now, I enjoyed this yeah. uh, bit of uh, old-timey forensics happening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's where we leave off. Uh, you know, evil forebodings about this business is where we end. So everyone's being a damn fool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I feel like we, we talked through like some of the main feelings I have about this section, but, uh, I don't know if there's any other big stuff. No. No, no, no. I thought that yeah. this was uh, inconsistent, but interesting. Um, the, I liked the, it more than last section, I think. Yes. The dilu- the dilution of the state, which the only thing it has going for is like a radically ahead of its time legal system, just to get your fucking foster son a job <laughs> is truly nothing has changed. Humanity is doomed. We're always like this. We've always been like this. We'll always be like this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and he's like, again, did, did he just not see this part of it? <laughs> um, that this doing this would like make Marther all mad, uh, would then cause all of the issues that are now happening, uh, where Marther's like plotting to kill Huskolder Thrawnson. Um, then y'all just say fuck it to that part. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, I mean, this is the first time that it gets noted that he's like getting old, I think, um, mm-hmm. which I always think of him as old when I think about the saga generally, because we still have like three weeks left. Um, and he dies an old man, uh, which is not true for a lot of saga heroes. Um, and, but yeah, this is the first time I was like, oh yeah, he is just old now. Um, he does just have like a bunch of adult sons. Um, so uh, yeah, I feel like there's some really good chapters here. There's some other ones that weren't that great, but, um, the, the, the conversion stuff is, I enjoy some of it, but I also, I mean, I think the first time I read it was in the book of Icelanders and I kind of just enjoy it more there because, uh, overall that's a drier book. And so you just get to this section of like a guy slaying a berserker and you're like, well, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whereas here, I mean, doesn't compare to the the sliding across the ice. Yes. Um. Otherwise, I think that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next time we're reading. Let's look. Um, one thirteen to one thirty. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um. I got my copy of uh, Heimskringla. It still looks like a big fashy tome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like big, too. It's it's big. It's like dense in a way that the uh, that the other book is not. Yeah, there's just like a, there's just like a textbook quality to it that uh, Sagas of the Icelanders does not have. Yeah. I think it is published by some like university press too. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was fucking I, put a, uh, I'm going to put a, put a, 
book protector like I'm in you know school again over it. Gonna get a brown paper bag and wrap it up so no one can see what it is. <laughs> um yeah. Uh I was looking at our schedule just like wow, we're just gonna be reading that thing for a really long time. <laughs> um Yes. We'll definitely have some shorter weeks, like, for the amount of stuff we have to read. Um, but I think I would rather do that than have to regularly talk about two sagas. Um, I think there's only two times where I did it because one saga is just extremely short. So, um, like, shorter than some tales short. So, um, We're coming up on it, though. What, April? Yeah, April. Um Otherwise, I don't I don't know what else you've been up to. I'm like ten episodes into the prisoner now. Nice. How's that going? <clears throat> um good. I I have gotten to the part where I'm now listening to totally reprise out of order uh-huh. as I as I watch, so um but I've I've been enjoying it. Um, I don't know if it's like my favorite show, but it's been good. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely just like sometimes there's just like the thing that I'm just gonna latch onto is like, well, that was the fun thing from this episode. Um, what's the name of the like made up sport in It's Your Funeral? Oh, I have no idea. Um. It's some, like, I mean, it's, like, steeped in all sorts of uh, Orientalism, but uh, Kosho is the name of it. Uh, Fictitious martial art where they are, like, jumping on trampolines and there's, like, a tank of water and stuff. Um, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's just a wild segment. Yeah. Uh, But overall, it's just been entertaining, so. Yeah. My thing with the prisoner is like, uh, there's nothing to say about it. It's the prisoner. <laughs> it yeah. simply is. Uh, strange things happen. They they have intense texture, um, but like to try to invoke too much meaning out of it, I think is to like dispel the dream of the space that the show inhabits for me. So I just kind of yeah. am along for the ride. Yeah, it's it's definitely a series that I fe- I feel like I generally heard talked about as being like. Or not as being serious, but the way that a lot of people talked about it was that it was like a more serious thing. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't get that because I've always found it very funny. Yeah, um, that's part of what I like about it. <laughs> uh, it's often a very dry humor. Yes, um, and then sometimes it's a silly humor, but yes, uh, I feel like it's a more often a, or sometimes it's like a very silly humor, but being presented very dryly. Yeah, um, I think there's just like an absurd dark comedy to the whole thing, regardless that I find. Um, very compelling. Yeah. I just uh, like to watch a jerk l- go completely crazy in a world that just like ignores that he's going crazy, basically. Yeah. Which is every episode of The Prisoner. Um, It's also just gotten to be the part where like in my watch through where one of the main things I'm just watching for is like, uh, who's going to get like 
who's going to be uh, more thrown off and like just feel like they're going crazy? Uh, number two or number six? Like, is it yes. this week's number two uh, or is it number six? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, having watched some Columbo, the prisoner is like, what if sometimes Columbo just got his ass beat by the killer? Yeah. Um, uh, like it's it's the same kind of cat and mouse, but it could go either way. And it doesn't matter because it's all like the construction of the storytelling, like literally in the text. It's like none of this matters because the village is going to keep number six in the village, regardless of what he tries to do. Um, so it just ends up being this like existential farce. And that's the thing I find super compelling. Yeah. Like, why does this man keep trying in the face of all of this? Uh, because he's a clown who believes in the individual. <laughs> Um, it yeah, it is very funny how much he just continues to be like, uh, I am a free man. <laughs> I would just kick back and enjoy my retirement if I was him, but uh, yeah. I'm built different, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like they have very good, like, entertainment. Yeah, no, everyone in the village get. is a little weird, and yeah. it does seem kind of like the world's worst retirement resort, but, um... <clears throat> It's fine. It's not like his life was any better driving big cars around London and being miserable, dour in his apartment. Yeah. Um, oh, do not forsake me, oh my darling. Uh, by far the worst episode. Um, like, no... <clears throat> I was gonna say no disrespect to Nigel Stock, but, like, maybe a little bit. Um, you just don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patrick McEwen just does, so, um, but, uh, overall, I'm trying to, I feel like my, my favorite episodes have been, like, earlier on, um, but maybe some of that, too, was just it being, like, weird in, like, what even is this that I'm watching, whereas now I've just sunk into, like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. I know what's happening here. Yeah, it's the first um, But that's basically where I'm at. I've been watching Poker Face. Um, I'm like very TV mounted right now. So, <clears throat> um, my thing with Poker Face is I watched like three episodes and I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah, I I feel like the mysteries aren't often that good. Or, I mean, it does the the Columbo thing where you see the murder. You yeah, uh, my thing is every episode. And I don't know if this is true going forward because, like I said, I I'm I've fallen off Columbo. I've just been busy. I've been gaming. Um, is um, it spends so much time doing the like cute little, and now we see everything from her perspective again. And I'm like, stop it! You're wasting yeah. my time. I just show me <laughs> Natasha Leone solving a mystery. I don't need you to be cute about the framing device because uh, you love Columbo and Rian Johnson just does seemingly loves the like flashback to before the events that we've seen on screen before is like a thing. It's in both of the Knives Out movies. It's like, what? It was cute the first time, but rapidly diminishing yeah. returns. Please stop it. Find a new thing. Yeah. There's a, I think this is probably one that you didn't watch. Um, I forget which episode it was <clears throat> where there was, uh, it was like a, a band. Um, they mm. have this song called uh, Stapler Head. 
I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a part at one of the concerts where a guy throws a stapler at the drummer's head. Uh, and then there's the part where they just show from the perspective of, oh, Natasha Leone was uh, the the merch girl for these mm-hmm. concerts. And so the guy's grabbing the stapler off of her merch table and she's like, come on, man. And then, you know, it hits him and she's like, what the hell? And I'm like... You're not even giving me anything for the mystery here. Like, it, this doesn't even relate to how they killed the guy. <laughs> uh, and I know it's not how it relates to how they killed him. So, uh, yes. yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is if there's more flashback that was like related to the the solving of the mystery. Um, then I think that like those flashbacks would work more for me. But uh. Um, every time I just kind of, and I know this is not how anything works, but I, I, every, like every episode I was watching, I was like, I'd rather be watching Russian doll season three. Why can't you just go make that? God. Yeah. Um, Russian doll is really good. If, if people yes. haven't watched Russian doll, they should watch I it. really liked, I, I thought season one was really cute and I had a great time. I think season two is like genuinely fantastic. Um, yeah. I was really surprised by it cause I wasn't, I was expecting it to be. The premise just seemed like it was full of ways to fall down in telling that story. And I think it does a really good job of just focusing on generational trauma of having parents <laughs> being alive. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that stuff's really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Season two is, is really good. Uh, season one was uh, like, there's some fun stuff. There's some like interesting stuff in there, but I, it was a little bit more just fun. And like, oh, yes. I like these characters like, um, you know. Really I, do wish her, I do wish her arty war criminal friend was in season two a little more. Yeah. I say war criminal only in the sense of uh, everything she says when she opens her mouth is a war crime. Not that she's doing <laughs> war crimes. Yeah, there are other war criminal people in season two, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Season two is they, very they, Yeah, they said they, they had they like they had ideas through three seasons if they got three seasons but who knows with netflix right like yeah disaster over there <sighs> um yeah i think that i mean the other tv i've been watching columbo i've been keeping uh-huh. up with that um, yeah, i've fallen <clears throat> down on Col- columbo being 90 minutes and i can't even put it in letterbox is just like actively discouraging to watch columbo it takes so much time um and Columbo so far has been very like, there's some episodes I like, but I don't, I'm not, comp- I don't feel f- find com- uh, Columbo compelling in the way that the culture seems to find Columbo compelling. Yeah. Molly gave me like, I had, I'm three behind and Molly was like, Oh, watch the middle one and skip the two around it. Um, and so I'm going to do that. Uh, that saves me three, three hours of time. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that'll be fine. Yeah. Me and Molly have um, relatively similar reactions to bad television or good television. It's really the same thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that that one uh, is the one worth watching. I think that that one was just really well constructed. Mm. Um, I was kind of because the, the episode on it came out. Yes. And I was listening to it. And I was kind of surprised that uh, some of the people on the podcast were like, oh, this one like had its like down moments. Um 
<clears throat> you know, it's just so clear that like Columbo knows it's him from the beginning. And I'm like, yeah, he does. But then it like continually be contin- like the guy, the murderer continues to like thwart Columbo in various oh. ways. And that's fun is when Columbo like knows, but just cannot find any way to pin it on this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, until like finally the amount of stuff that he cannot pin on this guy becomes the, the undoing. Um, it's great. Uh, I think it's been my favorite episode so far. So, okay. Uh, also, it's just a, a a guy who I actually do want to get like caught for killing someone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my favorite so far is probably episode two of the first season with the uh, two authors, the one who kills the other, that mm-hmm. awful dandy man. I just think he's so funny. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The one the the next one I just watched today, and I was just oh. like, eh. She can get away with it. It's fine. (laughs) This show has a real problem where every time it's a woman, it's like, ah, society, sexism, uh, the demands of like compulsory motherhood have kept this woman down. She's resorted to murder and you're not supposed to root for her. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, The the lawyer, the lawyer who killed her husband, (laughs) despite being rich, uh, seemingly for the money, like it's for the money. I was like, she's a wealthy, she's like an ace lawyer. She's making bank. She did it because that guy fucking sucks and he deserved to die and she deserves to get away with it. Yeah. Uh, Columbo has no imaginary for the cop falling for the murderer. And what are we doing with cop fiction if that's not part of the like appeal of catching murderers? Yeah. This is, well thing with, this is the thing with... Um with poker face is the most recent episode that I watched, which is not the most recent episode that's come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like these two ladies, uh, who murdered this shitty guy who like betrayed her and called a SWAT team on them. Like on the two girls, uh, like the two old women, they're like old women oh, in a the, retirement is this the communist episode. Everyone's flipping out about They're I don't even, they're not even like communists. They're just like hippies okay. who, who, okay. you know, I just I saw mean, some very about, like, like beating, I was very like people who needed Rian Johnson to be a good leftist posting about this episode. Yeah. Uh, in a way that made me roll my eyes. Well, and it's this thing of like, I know that this show is just going to go this way. Like it's not going to, it's not going to actually do what I want. Uh, but it is just wild. The, the extent to which like, uh, even when they do the reveal, which is, Oh, they were actually trying to blow up the, the like high school, aged children of the like fascist leaders and i'm like i think that those those kids could probably still die i like especially at this point where they're old ladies and like it already got prevented and they're just killing the shitty guy who betrayed them i think you can just let this one go i think the old ladies in the retirement home can have their fine room murder (laughs) it's especially weird because like i understand narratively why you don't want her to be a cop um Mm -hmm. it opens up like spaces for it to be murky or whatever but like then why other than the part where she has a cartoonish magic power where she needs to, like she knows when people are lying and has to say bullshit because that's her gimmick why does she fucking care yeah and that was the big one is i think there's like that was the the thing for me is that it just broke there's a certain amount to which i was like i feel like everything i know about this character she would still be like you old ladies like i even if she's like didn't fully condone like it's fine i'm not gonna like get myself involved with the FBI guy who's now on the scene to explain how this whole thing is going to wrap up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to continue to lay low and just keep rolling and just be like, I thought 
I, I, you know, my opinion on you has changed or whatever. I would have liked that ending more, uh, even if she was still like, didn't approve of what they did or whatever. Um, it just felt so out of character for her to like, still stick her neck out and potentially, uh, you know, ruin her whole being on the run thing, uh, mm. to try and get these ladies for killing like an old man who's going to die soon anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, part of part of the friction of Columbo that like makes it interesting, but also I'm kind of weird about um, is he's he's not he's not a guy I want to root for. He sucks. He has like this awful gimmick where he acts like a bumbling fool to get people to fall into revealing themselves as murderers. Um, but he's doing it seemingly for like the love of the game of being a guy who like susses out hard to crack cases um yeah as part of his function as a detective right um but also like at least in the episodes i've watched there, there's like that bit where he goes to the dmv because he's forgot to like renew his license and he gets pulled over and then he and when he's sitting in line he's like oh i've figured it out and runs away without renewing his license and you're meant to believe that this man who is doing the most calculated like plan to thwart criminals by acting unassuming is actually doing that and not that it's a act um to catch criminals and i just it just shatters my uh, like capacity to understand what the show's ideology is like does it just think cops are charming when they they solve crimes uh and probably right but i'm like any detective fiction at least like has a more concrete stance on how they feel about this thing and this definitely feels like a show that had like a germ of idea and then new people come in and do episodes that kind of still shift one way or another. And they haven't quite landed on what the hell Columbo is yet, but in a way that just kind of like increases friction to where I'm like, I don't, I'm not rooting for this guy. Most of the time, like it's good when he catches the guys who really suck, but he's not a hero. He he's, he's evil. Right? Not, yeah. And like beyond just an all cops or bastards way. I think the thing he's doing just feels slimy to me. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not the perception of like Columbo and culture. So I'm just like, what is the difference here for me? Um, and it's not just all, co- I fucking love cop fiction, right? Um, it's not just, Oh, I can't root for a cop who, you know, is part of the law. Um, if this was McNulty trying to do this, I'd be fucking over the moon. I'd never stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, it is one of those things where, uh, Like the extent to which he is just like bumbling and charming uh, is one of those where I'm like, oh, I can just like see how this is effective propaganda. And I know that it's not like working on most of my friends who enjoy this show, Mm -hmm. um, but there are still just moments where sometimes I I, like fully perceive how this works, that people like don't question it. And it Mm -hmm. just like makes me reel back more than if it was like more blatantly on its face doing this thing. This is also the reaction I had to the uh, Banshees of Inish Aaron, um, where I was just like, I can I can see how effective this is as propaganda where I see so many people talking about it and having like no clue about the the wild politics going on in that movie. Um, I even see people specifically saying it's a great commentary on the like, uh, you know, conflicts in Ireland. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I do sometimes get a little bit of that real with Columbo. Um, but also, I just love Peter Falk as a man. I think that's like pulls me through some because um, my introduction to him was uh, Wings Over Berlin or. Is it? Wait, 
I always get it like mixed up because of the the German and the Irish title. Um, Wings of Desire. Um, right. <clears throat> or the sky slash heaven over Berlin. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely yeah. A, an effect with Columbo, though. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, you know, I'll keep watching. But that plus, like, I've just been busy, plus the episodes of 90 Minutes has just been, like, it's very been very easy to find an excuse to do anything else, right? Yeah. Um, which is not, like, to disparage reprise. I, I'll listen to Molly talk about basically anything. Um, uh, I listen to them talk about cars uh, for so many episodes. So many goddamn upsets. I have not listened to that. <laughs> I started listening to Reprise basically as they are wrapping up Totally Spies. Um, it's kind of when me and Molly became friends, and I've been listening ever since then. Um, so it's been a weird ride to watch them start to cover good shows um, and for Molly to go full, like, nascent movie mode, right? Yeah. Um. It's always so exciting when, like, Molly watches movies. Yes. Uh, in part because there's a certain amount of... Not that, like, I don't watch the movies and still have similar reactions, but I just, like, have watched so many movies that... Yeah, we're just muted, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, Not only there's just, like, a so pure movies, joy. <laughs> most, a lot of movies I know a, a lot about, just, like, in the culture, even before I watch them, right? Mm-hmm. And Molly's just coming to this with like without the baggage of having been in here forever. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just like a reminder of the pure joy of watching movies when if you just watch movies all the time, you sometimes forget some of that. Even if you're like actively feeling it, it's still yeah, like you say, it's muted. So um it's always exciting. Uh I have not been watching movies though. I've just like fully fallen off. So um <clears throat> we'll get back um, there. Stairwells is returning soon. Knock on wood. But I um yeah, I haven't watched a movie in like a week and a half because Destiny is busy, so I haven't watched the next Rapture Screens movie. And all of my personal projects where I'm like, you know, I'm watching those bar BCG movies and I'm watching VHS. Uh, I already have my ones for when we record Rapture Screening, so I don't really want to watch Pile More on. And like I said, I've been gaming. Just been like I'm just like ah oh, movies will be there. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm in the middle of uh, three like games right now. So once I clear some of those off my plate, I think my life will be a little more normal. Maybe. Yeah. That's the other thing. I have been gaming. Uh, what? You? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mostly beyond Chrono Cross, beyond but... just prepping for our thing, or it's mostly just Chrono Cross. But oh, okay. it's it's just moved at a clip I was not expecting. Um, I, uh, I started Chrono Cross and then I was like, I need to finish Mystic Quest before I do that. So I have not played Chrono Cross and Muvla. Muvla and Mystic Quest both have to get out of my fucking life. Yeah. Uh, fair. I shook my head a little bit, but fair. <laughs> um, why? What? I, I mean, I just like the game a lot, so. Oh, Chrono Cross? I mean, yeah. I'm just saying like. I'll get to it, right? Like I just yeah. I had I'm juggling four games. And I needed one some of them to go away. Um that's why I'm only shaking my head a little bit. It was just the you posting about how you were starting it, and then I got a little bit excited. Um and now it's just a longer Here's wait. the thing is I'm gonna be chipping away at this for like three months. We can't talk about it on this podcast. You know that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 
we will burn that enormous mapping to the ground on this show if we start opening that door, right? Like, yeah. There'd be no reason. Um, and I'm not going to do that to myself, to you, to anybody. Yeah. The the funniest thing, the one thing I'll say is I started playing it. Uh, one, the reason why I've like been going at a clip I was not expecting um, is, so one, one of the days when I was sick, um, Emily took our toddler to... Uh, we had like plans with my family uh, mm. to go to Color Factory and she mm. was feeling better than I was. Um, so uh, she went with my family to the Color Factory and I just like chilled at home and slept in. Um, and I woke up and I was like, well, what am I going to do with like the time until they get back? Um, and so I started up Chrono Cross and then my toddler came in and was like, what are what is this? Because I set it up with like my little crt and everything uh, mm. and it's been very excited about watching it with me okay. um and so because of that it's like they come home from daycare every day being like uh can we play that game so they just like point at the tv uh that i have set up um and i'm like probably not tonight because we can't just play for like 15 minutes and then have dinner like it <laughs> there's like save points in this game kid um but we still ended up playing it some, uh, and especially on the weekends. It's like one of the big things they want to do. Um, and it has just been funny playing it and being like, I could have just gone on that podcast and not played this and still talked about it. Cause I just know it well enough. Well, that was um, me with Resident Evil. I didn't need to yeah. play remake, but I was like, yeah, I'll go through it again. Um, but it's still nice to do. Uh, it's yeah. nice seeing where I have like, you know, l- like, little holes in the memory uh where are the things where i like remember this you know oh if i put this character in my party i can get this thing to happen or whatever um here's my question how much should i be worried about party composition and figuring out the weird spell tier system or can i just um, kind of yeah 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 it for most of the game uh i feel like you can generally yeah 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 uh for for most like uh I would say for your average battle, like you're just fighting a random uh, enemy yeah. on the field, uh, do all the attacks until you basically have like one stamina left. Yes. Uh, and then cast an element, uh, like oh, a very okay. strong element. Um, and if you have three player, like three characters on the field, yeah. uh, you can loop through all of them. And if any of them are still alive, there'll still be a character who then has like full uh, element stuff like has yeah. full stamina and you can just do it. You can kind of loop it a couple times, uh, mm-hmm. for boss fights, do a round where all you do is attack and build up elements and then yeah. have a round where you're casting elements and like alternate like that. Cause then yeah. you have more flexibility to quickly heal if you need to. Okay. Um, cause then you're not like fully in the hole with stamina. Uh, yeah. that's my, like my one battle tip. Um, okay. and then the other thing is party composition. um, you generally just pick whatever guys you like most. Um, mm-hmm. If you're really having trouble with a boss, usually the best thing to start out with is having, like, you can't change the main character, but for the other two, have one yeah. that's the same element color as the boss and one that's the opposite element color. And whoever's okay. the same element color, like, have them be the healer. And the one that's the opposite, have them do a bunch of attack spells, like really that strong attack spells. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, the game just, like, lays out the mechanics so densely you're like right at the jump you're like holy mm-hmm. shit every time i'm like this is overwhelming i don't i just want to hit attack four times and do my <laughs> me my little attack my medium attack my big attack then my little attack again the thing is that i think the the battle system is very like there's a lot of complexity to the battle system mm-hmm. 
it's also not the hardest game. And so in yeah. general, you're not going to run up against it, but you may occasionally hit a boss where you go, oh, I need to think through what am I doing with this battle system yeah. wrong that I'm like mm -hmm. running into it. And is it, I haven't been doing any sort of like uh buff or debuff stuff or yeah. is it, you know, whatever. I think for me, it's the, the initial, like in the first tutorial on magic, they talk to you about establishing like the field color. And I'm like, it's just one step too much. I'm just like overwhelmed instantly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's useful. One, it's useful for, um, like you can power up. So if you're like, are fighting a yellow, uh, boss, then like building up the field so that it is green means that they'll do less damage and you'll do more damage. Uh -huh. And that's basically all it amounts to. Uh, mm. the other thing is once you get summons, you have to get the field, all the color of the summon to use the summon. Okay. Um, and so that's the, I would say until you get summons, don't even really worry about the field color. Okay, um, help. other than if it's all turning the boss's color, like you yeah, should worry that. about that. But yes. <laughs> uh, otherwise don't really worry. Um, okay. Sometimes it is smarter to just be like surges, like level three tech skill is just stronger than like hat hitting it with what it's weak against anyways. So I'm just going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, this is the first time I've played this on a television. Uh, every time I've tried to play, this has been on my Vita before now. And whoo, whoo. Uh, that's the shit. Yeah. Um, the game just like, it looks so good on a TV. It does. Uh, especially if like the big thing is the, the HG remaster just looks terrible. Uh, yeah, the upscaling is awful. Yeah. Um, because of the way that it's doing like dithering effects with yes. the, the pixels. Uh, and then the AI doesn't do that properly. And so it just like yes. creates weird rivers and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's the backgrounds are really beautiful. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorite I, things about the game. So yeah, that and the music. set up on my mister. I spent like a good hour fiddling with PlayStation display modes to get just how I wanted. And now I feel pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, I'm excited to finally get into it because I've only gotten a couple hours in every time. So. Yeah. I kind of know, like, uh, you know, there's things I know about the plot and like not only like the things that happen while you play, but some of the like revelations that. Uh, you know, just because I've I've known about the game since it was released uh, that I'm curious to finally see, like for real, for real. Yeah. Um, Won't talk about them here, obviously, but yeah, uh, it is a thing where like. The basic plot is less what I love. Mm. Um, there's like thematic stuff that happens around the plot uh, that ties into like the general just like aesthetic vibes of the thing. Mm. Uh, and I think like some of the strongest parts of the the story and like mechanics like feed into just this weird aesthetic vibe of being like sad and adrift. So, yes. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I can't explain how all of it relates to Chrono Trigger, but I also don't care that much. Uh, I just have so much of this in my brain for being a kid, so. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll uh, talk about it when we cover it. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's been a big part of my time. That was like 12 hours this week. <laughs> I was playing games. Uh, that doesn't include the playing Smash Brothers, the other thing my toddler loves, so. Oh. Yeah, fair um, enough. 
No one in my house likes playing Smash Brothers, so I just never. I it was like original Smash and Melee were just the games of my like junior high and high school years, um, and ever since then. Um, I just don't have people who want to hang out and play smash all the time. And so I just never, I buy them and then I play, I play the single player and I go, well, that was not very satisfying. It's not like when I was 15 playing smash brothers and then never play it again. (laughs) Yeah. This was my smash brothers until I had a kid who got really into games. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't tell this kid, like I didn't tell my kid about smash brothers. So I was like, well, that's a little bit older than your age range. Um, but then we went. Uh, over like Yule to see my family, including uh, my toddler's cousins. Oh. Um, and they're a little bit older, and the uh, one of their cousins just loves Smash Brothers. And so then they was like, well, we have to play Smash Brothers together. Um, and so then my my kid f- found out about Smash Brothers, and it's like, well, now that that's opened, it's like it's harder to close that close that door. Um. So, uh, you need to sit down and unlock all the characters every time I see the character select screen. Oh, so they're all unlocked on my account. Okay. But not on. So sometimes we play on my account where they're all unlocked, and sometimes we play um, on my kids' account where they're not all unlocked, but uh, a, a large number of them are unlocked now. So, okay. Good, good, good. Uh, it's been happening. There are some times where it's just like, because they'll occasionally play it in the morning uh, where we're like, I'm making breakfast and stuff. Um, And they're usually not that good at beating the challengers. And so occasionally I will be like, oh, tonight I'm just going to pull it and do the little like challenge door and unlock them. So um, probably do for doing one of those, but um, they got into the like spirit section. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're like very confused by it. And I was like, bud, just don't even do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you can't read, that's impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It's like my favorite part. I'm like, oh, they finally figured out how to do a good single player smash. Um, but you really kind of got to care too much about Nintendo bullshit. Yeah. And well, it's also a thing of like, uh, you know, like, um, why is like, I, I think it's like the, the, they do the girl Bowser Jr. I forget who yeah. that is. But like why Wendy O. Yeah, Wendy. Um but they're like, you know, why is Bowser Jr. like fighting differently? Like they recognize that that's happening, and I'm like, Oh, it's because you're doing the Tronbon match. Like <laughs> you don't know who Tronbon is, but that's supposed to be like <laughs> Tronbon. See the two the two Robs, those are supposed to be like the serve bots. You don't understand any of this. Yeah. <laughs> um this is this is deeper cuts than the main characters who you still don't know all the names of. Um, yeah. Um, the funniest to me I still re- is oh, Joker ahead. being uh, uh, Night Style. <laughs> That's the name my that? dog. I don't knows. know what that means. Uh, Joker oh. from Persona from Persona oh, right, Five. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember when the first game came out, I was like, "Oh, fucking Ness!" And none of my friends knew who Ness was because I was the one weirdo who played Earthbound when it was new. Um. I was like, no, he's cool. Uh, very funny. Um, yeah. Who's their favorite? Um, let's see. So I would say that like their their biggest main is probably Bowser Jr. Uh, okay. But they specifically like switching it over to I think it's Larry. Okay. Um, but they get a lot of like wins 
they get the most wins with Bowser Jr., but they also like playing the Villager from Animal Crossing, um, because they've also played the Switch Animal Crossing some. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's just a harder character in general, and especially for, like, a toddler to understand all the, like, you know, hiding items, like, putting items away and pulling them out and all of that. Um, Yes. So they do much worse any time that they play the Villager, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also, uh, Kirby, um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, Jigglypuff, who they call Pusheen. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, my wife, Emily, working for Pusheen, so we have, like, a bunch of, like, the, like, yeah. big blob stuff, so it's just, like, a ball with, like, ears, and there's, like, a pink mm-hmm. one, so this is how, you know, you have, like, a pink ball with ears that kind of looks like a Jigglypuff. Mm-hmm. Um... So, <laughs> uh, but they, they definitely know Kirby cause we played a bunch of the, uh, like Kirby games on the, um, what is it called? The like classics thing on switch. Mm. Yeah. Um, so cause those are fun games. Um, and I think they're like, there's stuff that like a toddler can grok, but then as like an adult playing along. There's also like more stuff to engage with. I think they're pretty yes. well made games. So, um, yeah, they know Kirby, although they often say, um, what, uh, I think it's like, uh, Kirby. Because, <laughs> you know, just like toddler mangling letters. So, yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I have a gamer toddler now. It's not how I was expecting to, uh, you know, do that resolution of playing more games. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all right. Yeah. Um, they could be out like buying NFTs or something. Yeah. They could be watching streamers. It's better to play video games yourself. Oh yeah. Um, when they were sick, uh, we put on, we had like various TV stuff going. And at one point, Emily put on this like YouTube channel that's Miss Rachel. And then it started playing some other, uh, like auto playing some other YouTube thing. And I was just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no kids YouTube for you. <laughs> no, it's, it seems like a bad place. <laughs> yeah. Miss Rachel's like an actual, I don't know if she's like herself a kindergarten teacher or something but it's like based in actual like uh preschool kindergarten like lesson stuff so um yeah emily snows wants to put it on as like something slightly more educational than um you know glitter force although glitter force is fun apparently i just looked her up and there's a news article from an hour ago saying she's taking a time off social media for her mental health Okay. <laughs> um, and there's a today thing from seven hours ago that the internet wants to cancel her. Why? Um, let's see. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, because. She collaborated with someone who uses they, them pronouns and traditional mommy TikTok flip the fuck out. Oh, so. Um, let me, let me look up this. Uh, I bet I know who this, uh, or like would recognize this person. Yeah. Yeah. Jules. Okay. 
Um, I definitely, there was a part where, uh, you know, music with Jules came on during a Miss Rachel and I was like, uh, that person's queer, some form of queer. I can just tell though. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad that is the reason why people are trying to cancel her. Uh, yes. and, and not like, uh, you know, something shitty. Yeah. Yes. Something horrible. So, um, yeah, this is just been my my life though. Um, is that it? I think so. All right. I mean, my other big thing is Iron Blooded Orphans. I can't talk to you about that. No, either. don't fucking talk to me about that. I don't care. I'll find out in three years, four yeah. years. Um, and getting mad at Sea Destiny, which I'm already gonna have to do later. I, so I refuse to talk to you about Sea Destiny. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I will talk to about. I will talk about Gundam Seed for exactly ninety minutes every Sunday, and not anyone else. <laughs> fucking yeah. hate it. Miserable. There's nothing. Do you listen to this week's episode? I just am I done. I, what, what's there to say? Waste of everyone's time. Um, um, I'm just so annoyed they did nothing with the the Zaku that I was waiting for. <laughs> the just like Zaku. just like thirty seconds of bad concert footage and we're out. That's it. Get fucked. Never hope. I just like I thought that maybe Amir would be the new Flay. There'd be like something there, even though it would be I, bad. You'll, you'll find that Stella is actually the new Flay. Yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> no, not in a good way. Not in a good way at all. Nobody's the new Flay in a way that, like, I actually in some way care about Flay. I can't not follow you lot, down this but... road, but I, I understand why you feel this way. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, I, right. I am that... also being driven insane by Seed Destiny. I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Next week, we will talk about uh, chapters thir- 113 to 130. Uh, plugs? Uh, you can follow me at Fox Momnia on Twitter and co-host. Um, go listen to my other podcasts, Ghost Divers, where we're doing Iron Blooded Orphans, um, Pondering Pouton, where we're just doing... Uh, it's just increasingly become a podcast where Connor tries to describe movies or remember stuff from movies. <laughs> um, and I don't understand why this keeps happening. Uh, but... We're just doing seaweed bits over there. Um, and then Ornate Stairwells will be back soon. So we'll we'll probably record... Finally, some good yeah. fucking food. We'll finally record uh, Friday. If it's, like, in person you're co- or You're remote, covering Friday? Either way. What? You're covering Friday? Man. No, we'll be recording Friday. Yeah, the movie Friday. No. <laughs> Um, it will be about a uh, devil in a blue dress, which it's not as good as Friday. I uh, barely remember at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we watched it. We were going to record about it. And like the day that we were going to record, um, I was just having a really bad time at work. And then mm-hmm. uh, we both left on different vacations and Autumn got COVID and it's all been ruined since. So, yeah. Um, but I do have two other movies to talk about on that podcast. Good. So I also watched them a while ago, but yeah, fair enough. I did watch something. Uh, uh where can we find you? 
you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, where I'll probably post some screenshots of Chrono Cross as I play it. Um, don't fucking tell me anything about Chrono Cross. You know the rules. You listen to abnormal mapping podcasts. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I literally put a disclaimer because people love to be like, oh, this thing you're clearly playing for the first time. I love 30 hours in when X happens. You're like, motherfucker. <laughs> I hate it. People are so rude online about things they like. They just want to yeah. share the parts you don't share with people who haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, I don't understand. Like, literally, it's like basic etiquette for being online to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find on my podcast at normalmapping.com. Reptor screening should be recording this weekend. It'll be out on Monday about uh, the hustler and the color of money. I also saw the hustler now two weeks, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, we're watching the color of money tomorrow. Um, that'll be fine. I've seen hustler before, um, but that's been a weird destiny. Is, grad school is hard. It's hard to do anything when you work and go to grad school. Um, yeah. Miracle. That podcast is happening at all. Um, if you'd like to support my shows and listen to me talk about Aura Battler Dunbine, you can go to patreon.com slash normal mapping. Aura Battler Dunbine, very good show. Yeah, it's a great um, show. I love mm. imagining the horrible things that are going to happen to everyone I like a lot on that show. Because yeah. you know it's going to go bad. <laughs> um, God, I loved Goralia so much as a character. Yes, um, me too. And uh, Cham's great. Um, yes. I can't, maybe this is just, uh, friends that I have, but that the final scene of the, uh, like episode 20, uh, yeah. where Cham is like trapped underwater and then struggling to escape and flies up. I'm like, some animator just drew their fetish here. This is <laughs> I had not considered that, um, but that's very funny. Um, it's extremely played lightheartedly. You're like, oh, she's drowning. Isn't that cute? Uh, so you know what? You might not be wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I I know somebody with this exact fetish, so I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, next week sometime, I should have a a new bonus abnormal mapping covering uh, Fantasy Stars 1 through 4 with Dia and Emrys, uh, the best game oh, yeah. club for that. I'm really excited to see what that looks like, because uh, they're just both big fans. I'm, I don't think either of them have replayed Fantasy Star for this. They, Emerson was like, would yeah. you like to cover Fantasy Star? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'd love to talk about four incredible RPGs that are all really interesting and different, but all make a big, long story. If you want some classic games to play, Fantasy Star, that's the shit. Yeah. You playing them has made me want to replay them, because I haven't played mm. them since... Like, I think the PlayStation was out at that time, but like... Okay. Yeah, I never played them before, yeah. so. This was, like, back in the day. I replayed, uh, I forget if it was the first or the second one, um, on PS3 with the, like, uh. One of the big collections. Yeah, those, like, big yeah. Sonic Sega collections yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've always been like, I should replay those, because, uh, extremely just a thing that I played as a kid and like have vague memories of and remember enjoying a lot, but not like anything clear. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> as opposed to Colonel Cross, the thing I played as a kid and then replayed like honestly 30 to 40 times. I've played that game so many times. That's wild to me. <laughs> um, it's a whole ass RPG. What's wrong with you? I know, but I used to just constantly have it running on uh, my PSP basically. Um, okay. Fair enough. And I was just like, I mean, it, when I say that, I'm including New Game Plus stuff that's like a faster oh, yeah, playthrough okay. too. But that game doesn't um, have multiple like Chrono Trigger style play it again, get other endings, does it? I don't think yeah, it, it does. Okay. <laughs> How much? Really? Okay. Yeah. Damn, that was not in my conception of 
how much of that I was going to have to play. Um, I mean, if you want, you can just look them up on YouTube. But that's true. I was just, I'm like Chrono Trigger is like literally one third getting new game pluses by volume. Um, yeah. And I just didn't think Chrono Cross was like that. Um, well, well, I'm not going to talk too much about the new game plus stuff. Yeah. I think there's like thematic stuff around that, but, um, okay. and I have my favorite endings. So, okay. Uh, we'll get there though. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're, we ugh, can't talk. Uh, we come out most Thursdays. We'll be back for the next couple weeks. Cause I think our next week off is the 29th. would be my guess. Yeah. Is that our schedule? I did not look at our schedule, but looking at the calendar, I would say it would be the 29th. Um, yeah. Well, the 30th would be the supposed one it would come yeah. out. But yeah, yeah, the 29th will be the skip one. And then we'll be, okay. we'll be, we'll be done with Nyala. Um, oh, nice. We'll finish it and then we'll we'll have a skip week and then we'll start um, Him Scringla. Okay. Um, so yeah, full month of uh, pods from us. Look forward to it. Uh, share the episodes with your friends if you like them. Uh, come into the Discord. Uh, just go to normalmapping.com to find the link and tell us that you like our show. Yeah. That's all, that's all we want. We just need, we desperately need attention all the time. Give me validation. Yeah. If you don't give Neve validation, then Neve turns to me for validation. I'm like, I'm over here looking for validation too. I don't have enough to give. The cupboard well, is bare. We got to dig deep, find some. For just one tweet a day. <laughs> You can keep us happy. <laughs> um, I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done here. Uh, then we're out of the saga. And then podcast, we are out of the podcast. saga. I don't remember what we said. What? Oh, then we are out of the podcast. Yeah. 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 All right. That's it. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.